0: Enjoy.
1: But you see, to me,
2: this place seems more like the land of handouts. Well, that all changes. I'm here now and I get all the opportunities. I will have the opportunity to put to sleep your beloved Daniel Bryan. I will be the man that defangs the Viper, Randy Orton. And I will emasculate and decimate AJ Styles.
1: Welcome back to The A Show with Justin and Meals. Uh, I am your host, Justin, with my other host, Meals, on the other line. What's going on, Meals? Yo, I'm here. I've just
2: inhaled the salad. <laughs> I feel replenished a little bit. Um, you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm good. The, the rosters have been shaken up. I'm here to talk about it. I'm very excited for what's going on and moving forward. So We're let's all do all
1: shaking it. Up. We're all shaken up. All of us are shaken up. Uh, we. We had a we had an excellent uh, Royal Rumble, not Royal Rumble, WrestleMania week. We had two, three straight weeks of, of WrestleMania content. I want to thank everybody for listening. I think last week's show it was kind of like that was a that was a really uh it was a really, it was a really. Uh, not, I, w- I don't want to say we were adversarial towards each other. It was a it was a very heated episode. I'll say.
2: It was it was it was fine. I mean, we've done worse, I think. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Everything. You know what? I'm just going to leave it at that. You know what? <laughs> because anything I say that comes out of my head and through my brain without the filter is pure stupidity.
1: Yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, I wouldn't say you're stupid. I, I, I will say that I appreciate and I, um, I, I actually, I respect your opinion. And that's why this show works so well, because we don't let anything slide on either end. And I think mm-hmm. that's how people, people really fuck with this show. Just... As far as anything goes, like it's anything goes, but we're also very respectful and we, and we try and at least come to a resolution. So hopefully if we have any arguments to, to, you know, today, we'll be able to solve it in as equally quick of a manner. Listen, easily, easily. Um but yeah, let's, let's get into this uh, very stacked week. We, this has been a very crazy month for pro wrestling, just in general. But mainly for the WWE this week. Uh, we, we haven't had any big movement on New Japan or ROH or anything like that. But we have, of course, a shakeup. But we also have some other news this week, um, as well as an, a, a thought, you know, our thoughts on the best NXT takeovers, which I think is going to be very hotly contested. And I think that's where we're really going to get heated. But let's get into the No Holds Bars segment. And this is just breaking news. It's, it's still very early here Uh Today, like in California and it's super early, not super early, but early afternoon in New York. But uh a couple of hours ago it was announced that uh Bruno San Martino has passed away. Crazy. Yeah. Just
2: the the man that defined an era of wrestling. Before there was Hulkamania, there was essentially Bruno Bruno San Martino's era of professional wrestling in the WWF. WWF? Hmm. Um You know i i'll honestly say i don't know much about the run of bruno san martino i know it was very long the longest reigning wwe champion of all time at this point just i don't think there's anybody in any sort of generation moving forward that would even con you know uh contest the rank of his lane but the man was a hero to plenty of people and especially in new york city where it was the wwf market. Um, he really was king. And you know what? I'm glad that in sort of the latter, the latter part of his career, he was eventually, he got over sort of the um, the issues he had with, yeah. he was, with, Vince McMahon's, uh, with Vince McMahon Jr., um, the current Vince McMahon, and, and was able to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, that was, a, that was a huge moment uh, just for wrestling, period. And, and I think someone said this on, on Twitter today, like he was New York. He is New York, you know, like yeah. he is wrestling. And he's had some tremendous feuds and tremendous matches throughout his career. And really just one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I think that's, that's just without question, he's one of the greatest of all time. Um, Hall of Famer. You know, it's just, a, just a big, big tragedy. And this one is, is a really big one for, for everyone because of just how many people he's touched and how many lives he's touched for, you know, just doing this this sport that we all love in, in pro wrestling. So our heart goes out to his family and anyone who else was mourning about his, his death today. R.I.P. Bruno, a real legend.
2: Real fucking legend. Real legend, man. Shit, man. Came over from Italy to New York, made a name for himself, became WWF champion. Just shit is the American dream. So R.I.P. Bruno San Martino.
1: yeah. RIP. Um, well, another uh, thing we, that I want to talk about is the greatest Royal Rumble. That card is starting to be or starting to get a little bit more clear, e- even uh, you know as, as the time goes on. We've, we've had a lot of matches confirmed for this week, even within the the madness of the superstar shakeup. We have a, we have a 10 match card right now. And this is a card that's rivaling uh, WrestleMania in terms of length at this point. So you have uh, the greatest Royal Rumble match, which is a 50 man Royal Rumble. Oh my God. I can't. No,
2: I can't even, I can't, (laughs) (laughs) I can't, I can't already.
1: Even if you cut cut the, uh, the entrances down to 30 seconds to a minute. This is still going to be an hour long match.
2: Yeah, it's going to it's it's insane. It's at some point in this match and not say it's probably going to happen. There could be at least 49 people in a wrestling ring. To me, yeah. <laughs> this is insane to me. Like this is blows my mind. Do they make the ring bigger because of the Royal Rumble match? Do they w- what do they do? I mean, it, it's insane. But this this greatest Royal Rumble ever card, is, is it the greatest Royal Rumble ever? WWE uh,
1: greatest Royal Rumble. It's possible. I, I don't know if it'll be a better rumble than the one from January, which I thought was like a top five rumble to me. Yeah. But uh, this, this, could be a, this could be a pretty good rumble. I mean, everyone's going to be in it, you know? So I, th- I think it'll be really cool. And I, I forgot to mention this, the, co- the show actually airs next Friday. And that will be at 12 p.m. Eastern, I believe, and 9 a.m. on, on Pacific time here. So I'll be waking up to pro wrestling. Uh, how, how exciting. Uh, this,
2: this, this car... Th- You know what? Let's run through the card first because I have questions, but let's run through the card.
1: Run through it So the ones that we know uh, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns In a steel cage match Which, which is getting uh, Quite a bit of build On, on TV right now uh, for And this is for The Universal Championship A big rematch It'll be the third match You know And the second Within a month uh, Seth Rollins Versus Finn Balor Versus The Miz Versus Samoa Joe For the Intercontinental Championship Which is now A very weird match Because two of the people In that match Are on SmackDown uh, AJ Styles Versus Shinsuke Nakamura Was just announced yesterday After SmackDown Went out the air uh, And that is for The WWE Champion Championship. You have Jeff Hardy versus Jinder Mahal for the United States Championship, and this is another SmackDown versus Raw match. Listen, uh, you also see we could still
2: see the Intercontinental Championship and the United States Championship switch shows, which makes yeah. this, which makes this, you know, the show very, very intriguing.
1: Yeah, absolutely, I, I, and I think that's one of the most intriguing parts about the the, the mid card or upper mid card matches is that these actually have uh, brand specific and, and uh, implications as far as who who will win these matches. Um, I do think that one of these th- these titles will switch hands, though. i, oh, I really yeah. do think if you're if if
2: I'm if I have say anything to say about this, I'm saying both titles switch hands. One okay. goes to the the U.S. title. It's going to be way more confusing than it was this past week with the shakeup. Yeah. I'm saying the United States Championship likely goes to. Gender it goes back to yeah, it goes back to raw and the intercontinental championship goes back to Smackdown. so I love
1: uh, I'd love Joe with it. I think that just puts him that slots him immediately and and we'll get to this when we talk about the shakeup. but I, I really like Joe because it immediately makes him uh, not the top heel, but it makes him at least the top one of the top three heels on that show next to mids. and I think that's that's a good place for him. Well, you already know who I want to come out intercontinental champion. <laughs> I just think that he he'll, he has something. If they're not doing the, we'll get to this. We'll get in a second. Yeah. Um, you also have Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy versus Cesaro and Sheamus The Bar, and yet another match that has uh, has uh, brand-specific implications, but I do think that that's going to stay on Raw. Uh, you also have the Bludgeon Brothers versus the Usos for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. You have Cedric Alexander versus the winner of a gauntlet match that will be uh, decided next week on 205 Live. And then as far as the special attraction matches, you have John Cena versus Triple H and one match that we have to talk about because it is one of the most confusing and curious cases of someone's booking and their placement in the company, Rusev versus The Undertaker in a casket match, which was not Rusev versus The Undertaker in a casket match like three or four days ago. It was it was originally, or it was it was Rusev versus The Undertaker first. Then Lana did some TMZ shit that basically <laughs> called The Undertaker old. And then, the, then the match got changed. You know Vera what's crazy
2: K- though? I, I don't think I heard her say old. Like I was listening for it, I think the interviewer said "old," um, yeah. and she might have agreed, but I don't think she said "old." But nonetheless, Michelle McCool got a whiff of that, and she did not like that. She was like, "Uh, uh no, I'm, g- I'm making the call the Corano right now." Oh, and- he's he's Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, this is all alleged. We're all making this shit up, but it's like you know at some point during this entire exchange it was Rusev versus Undertaker he goes on TMZ with Lana and they're you know chatting about the match I think they're trying to you know some Rusev and Lana have some weird connection with TMZ where they where they always get the TMZ TMZ always gets them in trouble or they got the TMZ plug or something along those lines um, and immediately after that we saw that the match would be changed from Undertaker versus Rusev to Undertaker versus Chris Jericho in a casket match and then, you know, shortly back after, I think there was probably some backlash behind it or something along those lines. Right. But it, it was changed back to Rusev versus Undertaker. And I know if I'm Chris Jericho, I'm
1: pissed. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I would. Jericho was probably pissed because he was going to be the only guy in the world that could say that they faced Kenny Omega at the Tokyo Dome and the Undertaker in a casket match. <laughs> right. In one year. Listen, that, that's a... First of all, I think Just
2: in general, I don't like. I don't think Chris Jericho likes to be fucked with, Uh, (laughs) in a way. And not to say that he's like super badass, but I don't think he likes to be fucked with. Is like, all right, make a goddamn decision so I can, you know, plan out my trip accordingly. Like, am I planning for a casket match or am I planning for a Royal Rumble match? Like,
1: he he knows. He knows how Vince is at this point. That's his boy.
2: Listen, I don't know, man. He's he, he has shouting matches He's, you know, but you know what? This is all this is all legend. It, it, it could have gone over smoothly. He could have been like, whatever. You know what? I'm back in the Royal Rumble match. This is an easy payday anyway.
1: Yeah. Um, but um, what do you think? This, and there, there's been rumors of, of what's happened. Um, there was a rumor that came out a couple like maybe a couple hours ago. That the Undertaker didn't think that the the TMZ thing was a big deal, and he wanted the match to be changed back, and I, it's just a very curious case of how they're pushing and pulling with Rusev right now. Mm-hmm. And I would really love to know the story behind what is going on with this guy behind this behind the scenes because he's one of the most popular characters on TV. He's, uh, still,
2: he's booked doing, <laughs> still booked as a
1: heel. Still booked as a heel. I'm I'm not sure when they're pulling the trigger on and, and the thing is like even in the, in the weeks leading to to WrestleMania he was booked to in in a in a a place where he could have easily flipped to be a face yeah but he didn't do it
2: it it, it still boggles my mind um, and this is I guess the perfect you know as we were talking about the perfect showing of like how hot and cold they are on Rusev just because of just them taking them out the match and putting them in the match. But I think just overall in general, in terms of what happened with the situation um, I would be happy if I would be surprised if undertaker was just like, yo, just put them back in the match because I don't think undertaker really cares. Um, But he could, who knows? Um, But I feel like they, in a sense, just like, yo, just put them back. It doesn't matter. Like none of this matters.
1: I don't know, but it's a, I think hey, who who cares i guess, and, that, and that's just what he that's what undertakers saying like, who cares about right. this this bullshit if this is true right but even though like i do do you do you see Rusev possibly like leaving or asking for his release this that's been a big that's been a big rumor that he's asked for his release a couple of months ago
2: um I don't think so. Nor do I think. I think if he did, they wouldn't let him go anyway. um I feel like they've done that in the past with several superstars. They feel like they can continue to build with. They've done it with Rey Mysterio. I know they did it like a decade back Neville. with Carlito. They did it with who? Neville. Neville as well. Just Neville is still under his WWE contract um by all intents and purposes. But it's a. I don't think they would let him go. But I think. I don't know. I don't know if I could see Rusev just being like, I'm out. I feel like Rusev's entire career, he, he isn't someone who sort of came through the Indies and sort of worked his way back out on the other side. He's someone who's completely built and manufactured in the WWE. And while he is a great wrestler and while I think he could manage to survive outside of WWE, I think for his best interest and for the potential that he has, I feel like he's not in he's not i'll say this he's not in a spot where it's like he's kurt hawkins you know what i'm saying yeah. he's not yeah. in a spot where he's yeah. zach ryder where he's zach ryder who's actually popular but still no one gives a damn people care about rusev people care about pushing rusev i mean even indicative by the show he was in the main event of smackdown this week people care about you know they care about booking rusev so i to for his best interest it probably would be smarter just to stay put where he is
1: but it's, it says a lot that they're put they put him as really like the top heel of the night on SmackDown um, this past week. And, you know, no one wanted to know it, it's fucking up the, the face reactions for AJ and Brian, because no one wants them to beat Rusev and they don't want Rusev to go against the faces. So it's like, but I think with the shakeup, and we'll get to this in a second. I, I hope that it actually makes them flip it because of the, the on the SmackDown side, the, the heel side is kind of lopsided in, in favor of the heels instead of being perfectly even like I, I see the raw is. Um, one more thing, Arnold Holds Barred. Uh, do you want to talk about this Nikki Bella John Cena? Thing? Wait, 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 before before we before we get off this
2: greatest war rumble, I want to I have a I have a question. With what? You. What is backlash now? Like what is backlash? Like what happens to backlash? Backlash is literally eight days later, maybe nine days. Nine days later, they have a week between, you know, you know, just the greatest Royal Rumble, you know, which is already it's, it's just an ostentatious title in itself uh, for a pay per view, yeah. and then you get backlash, and we have we already have two matches booked for Backlash, which is Seth Rollins versus The Miz for the Intercontinental Championship. They knew they were doing we the shit. Yeah, they yeah, like which shouldn't be happening really. <laughs> yeah, they already they knew they were doing the shakeup pro- likely before WrestleMania, so there's gotta be some, you know, idea of how they're booking this match. And of course, there's still Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe, which now looks like an interpromotional match is based based on you know the shakeup. So it makes me kind of question now, like is backlash really the ladder of everything? Like how do you we also have
1: you also have, even though it's not officially announced, you also have Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss in a rematch also. So those those are three matches announced so far.
2: Right. So it makes me question, like, what the hell is going to happen? But, you know. I,
1: I, backlash is usually the rematch show, even though in past years it's been like, wasn't Backlash like, really late in the year, a couple of years ago? Yeah, uh,
2: a couple of years ago. Well, it ended up being the the post-SummerSlam show for SmackDown. Yeah, it was like
1: the September show. But um, I I have no clue what they're doing. Like, even looking looking at these matches on paper, it's the same problem they ran into last year with the shakeup with Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt, where it was like, this match, for all intents and purposes, should not be happening right now because, you know, you don't want to beat a guy to send him away from the territory, so to speak. You you don't want to beat Samoa Joe if he so happens to win the IC title at that match. You know, like, you don't want to send, like, and, and then Roman Reigns, if he gets the universal championship, what does that mean? For, right. for this match is become a universal championship match i have yeah. no clue like and there's, how they're going saying, to park.
2: there's obviously a red belt and a blue belt and it's like it's not like those belts are going to switch rosters that would be even more confusing than every anything else so it's kind of it's kind of crazy how it's sort of proceeding from here but you know what the i think we'll learn more in the next couple of weeks what i've learned from the shakeup last year is that the shakeup. Um violet does freshen up the rosters it completely confuses everything moving forward especially until they, yeah until june like it, it it was insane how it happened last year and it, it looks like it's literally the same thing that's gonna happen this year um, right
1: so uh nikki bella john cena they they uh called got, up the listen i got i got the alert i got the alert Where'd you get the alert from, WWE.com?
2: No, <laughs> that would be wild if they reported that. That would be petty as hell. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't actually get the alert. But when I opened up Twitter, I just remember seeing it. Like, oh, my God, Nikki Bella, John Cena. It was literally – and I think the thing, the, the public publica- uh, publications that have been covering this, been U.S. Weekly and People Magazine, like it's this real big. And I think that's probably the Bellas, you know – using what connections they've made over the last possibly half of a decade um to sort of you know in a kardashian sort of sense and sort of you know controlling the narrative of how this sort of well, breakup went down because john cena isn't going to do it uh no <laughs> <laughs> i mean he if, if, if he if his agent was smart he would because it makes john cena really look like a douchebag from here on out uh but nikki belling
1: there's, no, there's no way that Listen, like there's no way John's coming out of this clean. Just knowing who he is, how he is, even if he, even if he didn't cancel the the engagement, and from all that I've heard, and I think you probably heard it too, like Nikki called it off. He still looks like a prick.
2: Yeah, easily. I mean, he looked to me all right. So to me. It was clear from the beginning what's going on. And I don't want to get into relationships. <laughs> it, it, I don't want to get into relationship talk too much on this show because it's... Very thing.
1: problematic. You don't want to piss off our women our women listeners either.
2: Listen, but to me, going into a sort of situation where someone already has their mind set up on how they want to do things and sort of hoping that they change their mind and sort of um, investing time, it sucks for Nikki. But at the same time, it's also like, this is also what he stipulated from the beginning. Now, the thing I don't agree with John with, and this is very, like, I feel like we're getting into, like, The View now and all this shit. Yeah. Uh, to <laughs> me, I mean, he proposed to her. Yeah. So it's kind of like, wow, like, you went out on that limb and then you sort of taken it back. To me, I, they, there's been all this conversation about sources, say, which I think is, like, J.J., Bella, or whoever it is, like, I feel like that's him. Um, but they, they had a source... I think, I don't know if it came out today or yesterday and it was like Brie Bella says it's possibly the best thing that happened to her. And the worst thing that happened to her, because, um, in terms of that Brie Bella, I don't think she ever wanted to see her sister with John Cena because she's she felt like she was giving up too much, which is true. I think Nikki Bella wants to have kids. She wants to get married and John Cena wants none of that. Um, but she was in love with John Cena nonetheless.
1: Um, but now, but she, she like knowing like knowing that going into it, it's like, sure you got the moment, but it's like once 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 it's settled and shit, well, then what? you know what I'm saying? like right. it, it, I mean like listen, it, it, she hasn't come out
2: completely like scathed. I think just this relationship itself has raised her profile so much, uh. Just in general, like, t- to the point where she is now featured in People Magazine and Us Weekly and on covers of things. like. And this also with John Cena. I mean, it makes John Cena look like a, someone who's ready to start a family at that point. So I think they mm-hmm. both have benefited from this relationship in terms of just their status and their persona and, and clout and all that other things. But I think just emotionally-wise, to me, it feel, it felt like they kind of just – they kind of just, you know re- – wasted a lot of time with one another
1: um which yeah, feel- absolutely absolutely i and it's just, it's again it sucks that um it really sucks that it happened that way i don't i don't really like I, you know i feel like these wrestling relationships are so like they pop up every single day like big big cast and carmella and shit like that like this is stuff that happens but this is this was more of a high profile example of that right but i think that, like with with john cena it it just becomes like it's like dude just, just do what you got to do. Continue to have your little, your little threesomes and six ways like that. Like, just, just live how you want to live, listen,
2: John. He's, he's living. Listen, John Cena. Have you seen? I mean, we've seen Total Divas. We've seen Total Bellas. The man practically has a helicopter pad on the top of his house. The oh, yeah. man um, worked. He feels like, in a sense, and he he he, he understands. He looks at marriage more as a business than an actual, you know, emotional connection.
1: Which is is so weird It's weird that like John can turn on this character That like loves kids And can be in a movie like Blockers Which I saw on Sunday And I thought was excellent But it's like He looked the part Like he was an excellent More than any other cast Other than like Leslie Mann Or whatever Um, Mm -hmm. I thought he was the best parent in the movie like it was so natural to him to have a kid and have a, a wife and it's like yo he's so good at turning on these characters but like in real life i do not want to know what this dude is like dog like, oh,
2: i mean oh. i mean listen i think last year wrestlemania i think the miz had the best depiction of him which is like it's now a clip going viral on the internet because essentially miz called all of this miz was just yeah. like is if put it, it natty. huh put it natty Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, he's to me, he's very he sees everything as a business transaction to me and in terms of this relationship and this marriage. And I think the reason why he didn't want to get married is because he went through a divorce earlier in his career and that really ruined him. And I think that financially set him back. Maybe I don't know. He's John Cena, whatever. Um, But
1: he didn't. I'm crying um, over the rich guy here. Wow.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. He's John Cena, but I think that relationship um, really made him realize: like, listen, I work very hard for the things I did, and I'll be damned if I give half of it to somebody else. So, I mean, just for Nikki to move into John's house, she had to sign loads
1: of paperwork, which was weird as fuck. She should have dumped him after that. But I, we're again, we're getting too deep into relationship Twitter here. We let, let's let's steer the let's steer the car back. We're we're gonna end it there. Listen, I, I just like, we're getting too deep into this relationship. They're broke up. It sucks. I just it let's just sucks.
2: let's see how they move on. We will all move on. It's uh, John Cena. will get the chance. He'll say something funny, and uh, we'll see how it goes.
1: Yeah. Uh, All right. So let's get into the superstar shakeup, and this will take the place of our Raw and SmackDown review for the week. Um, I think. Not much happened on either show. Yeah. Nothing happened other than this, and and I and I like I love that when we do these shows where we kind of go off the path and we're able to talk about something completely different and something that really interests us. And we love the reviews, and I know you guys love the reviews too, right? Right.
2: They Um, they disguised the last two Raws and Smackdowns as like. Big things, but really nothing happened on this show, which is incredible to me. Between the Raw after WrestleMania and the SmackDown after WrestleMania, which is like, oh, it's the big show, anything can happen, people are gonna go crazy, but nothing really happened. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, the Superstar Shake Up literally, it, if the shakeups didn't happen, nothing was happened on, nothing, there's really no development on anything. Uh,
1: and there, there can't be any development on these shakeup shows and on these, these, uh, these types of shows because you're building up or you're introducing these new characters. But uh, one one thing I, I want to get to is kind of a, a rundown of what has changed and, and what has kind of uh, changed about both shows. And with Wikipedia raw, article open, man, I'm ready. I'll, I'll run through the, the, let's run through raw. You, you could do SmackDown. I, and so for raw, um, they received Bobby Rue, Chad Gable, Zack Ryder, Baron Corbin, Jinder Mahal, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Mojo Rawley, uh, Mike Canellis. And for tag teams, they got Brisongo, The Ascension. They also uh, got, for the, on the women's side, they got Natalya and the Riot Squad. Uh, I big Jit, I, baby? I, listen, I, I know a lot of people were, were doing the doom and gloom bullshit on Twitter because that's what they love to do whenever there's a, a big move like this. I do not have a problem with the raw side of no, the, the no. roster. I don't have a problem with it at all. I think it sets up credible upper mid card challengers. It defines their mid card a lot better, where you're not having Finn Balor and Seth Rollins floating around with, with other matches against other people that then they're, they're you know they shouldn't be wrestling against. And you you also define the top of the car where if Roman gets this title back, he will have a bunch of dance partners in a Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, in a Jinder Mahal, in a Baron Corbin. And these are matches that we. We might have seen the Kevin Owens match before, but mm-hmm. for the most part, we haven't seen a lot of them at all.
2: Now, in, in terms of that, and 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 the uh, why, I'm 100% fine with the Raw side. I think when you look at the the key differences between Raw and SmackDown, Raw is a three-hour show, and SmackDown is a two-hour show. So Raw, the Raw side opens up for a lot of development. And I think a lot of these guys could definitely benefit. I mean, we talk about Jinder Mahal and his reign on SmackDown in a three hour show. Maybe there's more context. Maybe there's more things that go on the riot squad. um, Dolph Ziggler, Baron Corbin, the Ascension, Mojo Rawley, you know, Zack Ryder, all these Chad Gable, Bobby Roode, all these people that we've sort of asked for more from, but we can't really get it because SmackDown's a 2-hour show, but now they're on this 3-hour show called Raw. There's so much development. They can do a little slow burn. It's the A show. It feels fresh. I think literally everything I'm I'm, I'm fine with everything, you know, that happened on the on on Raw.
1: And it sh- it shakes it shakes up the women's division as well. You have Nia, uh, who has a, a bunch of dance partners after she's done with the Alexa Bliss feud, and you also have Ember Moon. And, and I think that they play like below Ronda, of course, who's kind of like in her own stratosphere. Yeah, but you uh, you have Naya Jackson, Ember Moon as like the two and three or the, or um, the one, two and three or whatever of, of the face side, and then you'll eventually have Sasha Banks and and Bailey moving up. I would assume to a, a higher position. But it looks like they're being slotted into a, a feud with the Riot Squad to further um, to further kind of ex- ex- extend the storyline. G- yeah, just it, hit someone it's in the a face. slow burn.
2: Yeah, just, uh, just someone pick yeah. up a chair and throw it at somebody. God damn. Um, how but do you, you feel? also did? I want to I want to ask how do you feel about the call up of Drew McIntyre?
1: Um, someone. Oh who, yes, yes. Yeah. McIntyre. Uh, Drew Drew McIntyre and he actually got a huge pop as well Um, he was one of the the more surprising uh, debuts of this week I I think we all said or predicted that he would skip NXT and I think it was the best move because by the time he got injured that upper card at NXT was so defined yeah by the time he got back he would have no from that like Andrade probably would have been gone and he is gone but i i love it i think he got a great reaction i think that drew and roman will have a fucking banger when it's time mm-hmm. and i love <laughs> slotting him with with dolph ziggler um in, in the sense that dolph will be able to have a big guy that can that can kind of back up his bullshit and, and really have a great tag matches with him
2: because i feel like just now i'm i'm way more excited for dolph ziggler than i am in the last couple of years just
1: i'll give it one I'm, more try. yeah it one
2: more just how this shakes out and how it works i mean if he could You know, stop cutting promos the same way he cuts promos that he's cut for the last 10 years. Yeah. But I think I'm ready to give him another try. Um, I think Baron Corbin, Baron Corbin got a pack is a video package. I think that's a a good word. Bobby Roode was featured in the main event of Raw. Um, Chad Gable now split official single star. He was he's been split from two tag teams at this point um he's definitely a single star in the making and we got kevin owens and Sami Zayn just to be the brands like really shit heels so i think yeah we, we've, we've done good
1: yeah and i i really i really think that this defines a lot of things for them i think they're i think one thing i am concerned about with raw is their tag their tag team division is very very it's very thin i i think as far as spaces that I could see actually getting a really good burn. I see Hardy and Wyatt and Brizongo, But on the heel side, you have Ziggler and McIntyre. You have Authors of Pain. You have The Revival and you have Axel and Dallas. And it's like, I think they'll flip Axel and Dallas to be faces. And I think that they're probably going to flip someone else because it's just kind of unbalanced here.
2: Right. Um, And and, and then we have the SmackDown side of things. Um, Right. Last night, we got, you know, Jeff Hardy brought the United States Championship with them to SmackDown. We have Absolution, Mandy Rose, and Sonya Deville, which kind of makes sense now that Paige is, you know, GM of Raw. Um, Samoa Joe was a surprise. We knew someone big was coming over. I think everyone expected either Seth Rollins or Finn Balor, but Samoa Joe. Yeah, or Braun Strowman. But Samoa Joe really comes in and really, you know... makes a name for himself um we have big Cass, someone that we haven't seen in a long time and showed up at beta impact in the main event of smackdown against daniel bryan it looks like he's engaged in a feud with daniel bryan moving forward which
1: i I think that's that's gonna be great i didn't i wasn't i didn't have a problem with big Cass. i had a problem with his his matches with big show and enzo those are not the the best first feuds for him as a heel i think
2: yeah, right. I think this Daniel Bryan feud will work wonders. Hopefully, I think Daniel Bryan will do his best to make Big Cass look really, really well. And I think Big Cass is finally against someone that people will cheer and supposed to boo, and maybe they won't feel sort of, you know, I would not say apathetic, but just kind of like not care. You know, they're definitely going to care about this feud. Um, right. We also see Asuka coming to coming to SmackDown. She was she was yeah. off. Awesome. The show for yeah huge move been off the show for two weeks she shows up on smackdown and uh saves becky lynch and charlotte and now i think the the smackdown's women division has really sort of filled itself out we have um absolution mandy rose sonny deville you got charlotte you got becky lynch you got daomi you got oscar you got um iconics you got carmella you got lana you got um you know I lana did you say lana i think i this, lana listen out. No, no listen no. Not long. Someone, someone's got to eat. Someone's got to eat. You know. The, the but
1: I, I think what this did. I think what this did uh, on SmackDown is it, get, it. I mean, I think it eventually you got you got to turn Oscar at some point. Yeah. Um, you're gonna get the Charlotte and Oscar uh, part two, which right. you should do at SummerSlam, and I think that is the best place to do it. Easily. I think you give. I think you give Oscar the belt eventually, and or or have Oscar win Money in the Bank. You know, right. and I, I think you have one of those those situations happen and have her go against Charlotte at SummerSlam but you also have the the um you also keep Charlotte and Asuka away from Ronda Rousey and I think this was the smartest decision that they could have made it was giving Rousey a chance to make raw her own and then having Charlotte and Asuka kind of battle to be the the baddest on on the raw side so I think the Summer Survivor Series will look really really interesting when it comes to that women's uh, maybe the inter interpromotional match or the women's tag match where we'll have a really good setup that we haven't seen before with any of these women
2: right um we also got the inclusion of luke gallows and carl anderson which has now come to smackdown so i believe the club is back on smackdown um,
1: uh I, I i was i wouldn't even like put them with aj, AJ man like yeah, he doesn't need they'll
2: but they'll they'll do it i think they'll do it anyway because you know what aj doesn't need them but they need aj <laughs> um they need something shit Cesaro and Sheamus, I think a great, a great coup for SmackDown to Cesaro and Sheamus. You have two guys who have singles potential and also they're just a great tag team. Um, and to work with people like the Usos, work with the Bludgeon Brothers, work with um, New Day again. And it's, it's just fresh. I think it that completely opens up the SmackDown division um, and our truth And then we also had two call-ups. Um, the first being Sanity, Eric Young, Alexander Wolf, Killian Dane. It looks like Nikki Cross has been left out of the call up for now.
1: Yes, uh, N- Nikki Cross has been left out. Um, I, there's a lot of speculation about that, but uh, Dave Meltzer actually said, in, um on the I believe it was the uh, it was the one, the Wrestling Observer Radio, mm-hmm. that he feels as though that they're they're going to do something with Nikki Cross and Shayna Baszler in NXT. Um, I, I think that I mean, it's, there's something to that uh, as far as having Nikki be there, there, there aren't, it was, it's the same issue that they fell they fell into when Oscar left. There's a big hole in the heel side. Right. And there's a big hole in, in the faces that are ready to go against her side. And you just let Ember go. So right. you have to have someone to, you have to have another dance partner for, uh, Shayna until mm-hmm. Bianca Belair is ready until Kyrie Sane is really ready. And until all with the Koda other
2: Kai or something along those lines.
1: And I think actually doing something with Dakota Kai with, with Shayna, because it, um, not to like go into the NXT spoilers, but there, there seems to be something that's going on there with those two. So I think that's going to be really interesting. And having Nikki Cross in the in the mix it definitely won't hurt. And it gives her a chance to become her own character as well.
2: Right. And I think, you know, that's all well done. I think possibly the biggest fool for SmackDown has now been the call up of Andrade Cien Almas and Zelina Vega, former NXT champions now on SmackDown, which is where they should be, quite honestly. And I remember I tried calling them a year ago. I said, you know what? A year ago, they should have been on SmackDown. Yeah. Now, yeah. after this year of development, after these years of matches, after um, Andrade and Almas has just sort of become you know...
1: Top five uh, in 2018. Yeah. Maybe
2: Shit, El yeah. Edo, Like, it's a... He, he's really earned whatever he gets from here on, and I'm interested in sort of the feuds that have from, that happened from here um and also of course the miz is now coming to smackdown
1: um I'm, my yeah, i love only... the announcement of that i love the announcement of that on raw when uh, angle was like hey daniel bryan really wanted you to be on smackdown so i did it anyway and then like miz's reaction was just priceless
2: that's listen it gives miz more ammo to do the things that he you know to feel the way he feels against the gm and feels the way he feels against daniel bryan um, I think the only sort of issue I have, I hope SmackDown doesn't follow the same sort of pattern it had last year, um, because I know it's a two-hour show. We drafted a lot of people last year to that show, and a lot of them weren't used. And we talk about now, we have Ty Dillinger, who was called up last year, wasn't used. Sami Zayn, for the bulk of the year, was pretty much inactive and wasn't used. Rusev, we were talking about, was not used. So it, it, there, there's... Luke Gal- Luke um not Luke Gallows, um Luke from the Bludgeon Brothers. Ah, oh, I forgot his name. Oh,
1: Luke, Luke Harper. He was injured Harper. though.
2: Yeah, but he he was still nah, he still could have been used, man. He wasn't injured, he was just not being used. He lost so much weight. Um he was prepping to be back on the main roster and just wasn't being used. And I just feel like it would be a shame if any of these stars that just come to SmackDown, which all benefit the show incredibly, would follow I, I the same think
1: you I think you have a core six that you, you, you're you going to on SmackDown on the top of the card. I think that's going to be AJ. That's going to be Daniel. That's going to be uh, Shifu. Yeah, it's going to be Joe. Uh, I think when it's time, it's going to be Almas at, at some point. I, I know a lot of people are concerned about Almas, but it's like... I feel like Randy Orton's probably going to wedge his way into that six. He's like, no, I'm here too. I'm Randy, remember? Yeah, and uh, but I know a lot of people are concerned about Almas, but I think it's not a bad thing if he's not shot to the top, like we want right. to be the top. I think you start him off easy with Sin Cara or Ty Dillinger or, or Truth, and then you put him against the Jeff Hardy's, and they, like you want to build. You don't want to go too fast with him. And what we've seen with, with with Almas is that he can benefit from a slow burn. Yeah, he absolutely can. And and I think with him and Zelina, we have this idea that it should work like it is on NXT, but it's not NXT. And I think you right. just give time, and he'll be able to be at the t- at the top of the card. I think it, we lo- we're going to look back at both of these shows in six months or eight months or or really by Survivor Series and we're going to be able to tell what was a good move and what was a bad move. I think Mm -hmm. the biggest the biggest thing that we're looking out for is will these shows keep the same quality? Will they retain the same energy that they've had in 2017 and 2018? And I think that's not good. That story is going to be told by SummerSlam or, or again by Survivor Series.
2: Listen, if the I I think SmackDown will be fine with Raw. I it kind of really depends on that Universal Title match. I don't think Raw can go another year without that championship featured on on the on the show. It makes it while they have a bunch of new dance partners that they need that championship featured on that show.
1: Um, So who who uh, who do you think will I? I, And I know I pose this question on on our on our run sheet, but it's like winners and losers. What show looks the strongest? What show got weaker? I mean, if I was to just call it out right now, I mean, obviously you would say SmackDown won. So I'll say the SmackDown won, but I don't think Raw necessarily lost. I think SmackDown looks, on on paper, SmackDown looks strongest, but I also think Raw looks really strong. I think it's even between the two. I think they're both going to be strong shows. What show got weaker? I mean, obviously Raw got weaker with the exit of a lot of the top people like uh, Asuka leaving and um, you also had, you know, Joe leaving and, and one of the Hardys leaving and stuff like that. But I mean, I still think they're both really strong shows. I think it was a really solid shakeup. But I think a lot of people are unwell because they expected more NXT call ups, or they wanted. I think you have so much.
2: You have so much on Raw. You have, you still have the Shield on Raw, which is something that I didn't think was going to happen. You still have. I mean, they won't end up being the Shield, but when Dean Ambrose returns, I think that's going to be someone that you know. It benefits from being out a very very long time um you have you know Dolph Ziggler they're building that you have Finn Balor you still have you know all these amazing superstars on Raw I don't think it's a total loss for Raw I think Smackdown and it's more succinct and I talk about the female the women's roster and I think the women's roster is the thing that mainly got that boost on 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 Smackdown because it yeah. really desperately needed a shake up. I mean, Natalia Carmella, did, you know, all these people have been there for years and now it's kind of like shaking things. And I think even Raw, even Raw in itself it needs to sort of it's beginning to establish itself outside of the four horsewomen with that women's roster. And while we still have Bailey and Sasha in the forefront, I mean, they're not the main players in sort of the championship match, which is really really cool. Um and i think just the upper cards on both shows i think this rivals to me this rivals the first draft the the first raw yeah. versus smackdown draft where you had the rock hogan and and then an angle on smackdown and you had stone cold undertaker brock lesnar on raw and things like that it's like really really good
1: yeah i i i'm very optimistic i i know i'm I, i've been known to be Almost too optimistic at times about these types of things, but I really don't see a a really huge problem with um with a lot of of what what happened on on these shows, other than them being like completely like non non interesting <laughs> right <laughs> on, on on this week. But hey, again, this story gets written in in six weeks to six months, so we can't judge it all right now. But I I say both both shows um, are strong. And I, I want to say also, like, this is really the last chance for Roman to, to, like, get that crowd support. Like, I don't there's no one on this show that could realistically take that top spot from him unless something unless he gets injured or something like that. Like, yeah, this is his last chance to get that groundswell of crowd support so that when he goes into WrestleMania next year against whoever, they're not booing him out the building at 11 o'clock. Right.
2: Um, Just one quick note on something that I I just saw popped up in the chat, um, or at least something else to wrestle with on the WWE Network. Are you excited for that?
1: Yes, I am. Shout out to Conrad Thompson and and Bruce Pritchard. Uh, Conrad's a really good guy. Uh, I I think that this is going to be a really cool thing on on the network. You actually get to see the impressions and the stuff that they do on the show that you can't see on the podcast. You'll be able to see it now because it's a complete, it's all video, I believe.
2: Yeah, today's topic apparently is WrestleMania 14. So I'll make them, I'm excited to see how this is going to go. But, um,
1: I, yeah. I, do they keep the cuss words? Like, I'm wondering if, if they're keeping the cuss words here.
2: What do you mean? Drop top titty? Yeah. <laughs>
1: chocolate
2: titty? <laughs> drop top titty time? Come on. Are we doing that? <laughs> chocolate <laughs> nipples? Are we doing that? Like, listen uh, to amazing podcast if you have not listened to it.
1: Super. Actually, you had, you actually had a, a Twitter question uh, a couple of hours ago about someone who we thought was actually going to be a shoe in to be like one of the, the one of the biggest stars. Do you want to get to that when we get to to NXT, or do you want to like let's get the NXT now?
2: Then let's get to NXT now. Then
1: yes. Yeah, so we actually called uh, on a couple of our listeners uh, to tell us and rank their top five NXT takeover cards. And last week we talked about it. Last week when when we said uh, that NXT is always we always say with NXT TakeOver, that was the best NXT TakeOver. Yeah. And it, it becomes like this this narrative where it's like the best one is the, always the latest one because we forget right. about it. But now we're really... To me, I think we're actually starting to see a top five break out. I think the the top... like The, the two from this year, to me, they can't... Lead. And, and, I'll, and I'll say my rankings uh, in a second, but like these two from this year, undisputed top NXT TakeOvers of all time.
2: Listen, I... Let, I'm, let me check if they're in my list let me see i think they are or they may not be actually they are both of those yeah. from this year are in my list um i actually i i parsed through all the all the um responses that we got and shout out to everybody who responded shout out to everyone mm-hmm. who contributed um to this thing and i actually made an average about what everybody thinks so we'll talk about our top fives and yeah. then we'll talk about you know what everybody else picked and then maybe we even go through some like duds real quickly you know
1: oh i would love to go through (laughs) (laughs) i would i would absolutely love to go through the duds um you want to top five you want me to start with my top five go ahead and start go ahead and start
2: my top five all right so i have number five i actually have nxt takeover philadelphia as number five um number four is dallas number three is brooklyn three brooklyn three Um, Number two is New Orleans and number one is our evolution.
1: Okay. All right. That that's a that is that is a respectable list. Um that is a super respectable list. I'll say I'll I pick number one, R Evolution
2: over Nola, because Nola, I mean, the distinction that Nola's gotten over the past couple the week or so is because they have two five-star matches, you know, as rated by Dave Meltzer, yes. um featured on the show. The reason I pick R Evolution is because I think that's really where NXT sort of changed completely from developmental system to just a a full on like brand in a show, and I think just the incredible things that happened—that incredible Neville versus Sami Zayn match, um the introduction introduction of Kevin Owens, I believe, also Finn Balor may have debuted on that show as well. Yes, um, it's it's really really critical to sort of the 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 build and the takeover of NXT. Uh,
1: Yeah. I I think that it was, it was the formative years of of the show. And I think with a lot of the NXT uh, takeover shows, it just shows that the booking actually changed. Like, the show became, it was much more than just a weekly show that kind of got over a lot of the developments of talents that would come in. I think with shows like Our Evolution, you started seeing the indie talent and the indie darlings, if you will, start you know popping up on these shows. And it's something, and it's a formula that has been carried on all the way to 2018 and will continue on, I think, for the foreseeable future. I think it's a great formula. Even if you look at WrestleMania, over 90% of that card was NXT people and guys from the indies. Yeah,
2: I mean, you you look at this card, our evolution right now. Besides, you know, C.J. Parker, Simon Gotch, you know, wherever they are at doing their thing, everyone is oh, pretty C.J. much
1: C.J. Parker. He is Juice Robinson and New Japan. Come on! Man. All right, then right. so what's Simon Gotch doing? I don't know. I, mean, <laughs> I, I I don't think people I don't think people like him. Like so. <laughs> oh
2: yeah, I've heard he's an ass, and that's why maybe Sin Cara. All right, yeah, you know what? Maybe I'm saying too much, um, but everybody has been featured on a WrestleMania at some point. You know, it's like it's it's crazy.
1: Um, what, what's
2: so your top five?
1: My top five this is going to be a. This might not be, so I, I'll go ahead and say it. Uh, my number five was Brooklyn Part One. I think Brooklyn, uh, the, the first NXT Brooklyn card, is not only just one of the, and I, and I can say this about all five of these. Let's just let, let's just preface this. These are not only some of the best. Cards of NXT Takeover. These are some of the best wrestling shows ever, in my right. opinion. So okay. I'll just say that right there, right out, right out the off the bat. But Brooklyn really lives up to that name. You had a really tremendous uh, undercard there, with with just like undeniable heat throughout the whole throughout the whole show I was like I think it's that takeover is one of the biggest shows ever you had a uh, Thunder Liger on the show against oh, yeah. Tyler Breeze in a really good match you had uh, Apollo Cruz's debut which was really good as well you also had Samoa Joe's uh, kind, of, kind of making his his mark known uh, as far as just like beating the fuck out of people and you also had Bailey versus Sasha Banks in an 18 minute match that really just showed Five us stars. what stars changed yeah. women's wrestling to be honest with you and then you had the, a great main event with Finn Balor and a ladder match against Kevin Owens. And I thought it was just amazing to me. Like, I, I really love that match. Uh, and I think it, it, it didn't get a lot of love because of um, because I didn't, of the, I didn't think they thought the women were going to do that. Like, uh, yeah.
2: like I would, Kevin Owens must have been like, damn, I really got to follow that. Like with the ladder match as well. It's crazy.
1: But still it still ended up being a really good match. Um, number five was NXT Brooklyn. Number four, I say NXT Philadelphia. Uh, really strong card. Again, you, you had the, the excellent. And, and just because it's number four does not mean that I'm, I'm discounting the fucking five star classic between Gargano and Amos. That is still one of my favorite matches of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm, I'm just weighing it against other takeovers. I have to put it there. You had really two, two really good uh, main event matches there as well. Uh, number three was NXT War Games. So as you can see, there's, there is a, there's a pattern here. Some of the most recent ones right. <laughs> to me are actually becoming top five. Uh, and, of course, the War Games match I thought was tremendous. I love that match a lot. You also had, a real, so you had some really, really great matches on the undercard there on, on the War Games card. Uh, let me... Trying to remember what was what, what other matches on the war game? The war, war games card. I'm I'm like blanking right now.
2: Oh my god! I think there was Johnny Gargano versus. Uh...
1: It was Gargano. It was Gargano and uh and Pete dunn That's that. No 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 no. Gargano Pete dunn was it was that. No Gargano, was the, Gargano Gar-
2: wasn't on the card. Okay, maybe I was thinking of one.
1: Black Alistair Black and Velveteen Dream.
2: That was an amazing match. That was incredible. Yes.
1: That was that It had that. I don't know why I just blank like that. Um, it also had C.N. Uh, Almas winning the NXT Championship, which I love that they do things like this. They do title switches before the main event. And this, this is another show that did that as well.
2: Yeah, easily.
1: And, and it, did, it didn't hurt. That it, it didn't hurt Almas' win. You had, he had a great match with, uh, with Drew McIntyre. I really fucking love that match as well. Let's see. Uh, that was, what was that? Number three. Number two, I put Our Evolution. So that was my number two, mm-hmm. and number one. Number one, you had NXT New Orleans.
2: Yeah, it's, I mean that's a solid. That's a solid breakdown. I feel like the general, you know, it, all those were named by people, you know, who previously who submitted to this thing, and uh, it, all those are incredible. Now, if I want to go to the public, shout out to every, again, shout out to everyone who contributed. Like it was fucking incredible. Um, what we have for. The top one that everyone picked was New Orleans. So everyone was just like New Orleans is one of the best shows, one of the best NXT shows. It's fresh in everybody's mind. It may still be. Um, The second one was the original NXT Brooklyn. So NXT Brooklyn um, that featured Sasha versus Bailey, and, you know, everything you ever mentioned. The third one was War Games. Um, The fourth one was NXT Dallas. Surprisingly, not NXT Dallas, featuring Shinsuke Nakamura versus Sami Zayn. Yeah, a lot of people went for
1: NXT Dallas, Um, and that's. But the the thing that I I gotta argue here, I gotta argue here. The thing about that show is that like, even even if you discount the or or not discount or, or look past the you know the the obvious Shinsuke Nakamura match, which is amazing five star match. You had a really, you had an okay Oscar and Bailey match, which I thought they had a better match in Brooklyn. Yeah, they did. And mm-hmm. and you also had Finn Balor and Samoa Joe, which really wasn't like, I, I gave that maybe like a low four, maybe three and a half stars. Like, I, I didn't yeah. think that was a really good main event at all.
2: I thought the opener was hot. They had American Alpha versus the Revival. I thought that was good. Um, Austin Aries versus Baron Corbin. I'm not really an Austin <laughs> Aries fan. Yeah, so I'm just like, it's, it's really <laughs> the same for me. But I mean, people picked it fourth. It's a NXT Dallas has got a it got recognition, and I think the fifth one that everyone picked was NXT Philadelphia. So um, I mean, there's no our evolution. No, our our evolution would come actually after that would be Chicago NXT Chicago. After that would be our evolution and and and, someone um, match show. after that would be um our evolution in brooklyn for third and then you know after that we don't really even need to get into it but yeah i think you know what nxt we picked the the best ones they had i think we made good decisions but nxt has really had um just looking back on it a lot of like duds like i mean yes it's a keep it let's talk about it (laughs) Let's talk about it in just terms of, and you know, I don't want to, I don't go after the first, uh, the first NXT TakeOver arrival because that, you know, that, that one in stuff. I didn't like the main event of Neville versus, uh, I Bo Dallas. It. No, Bo Dallas. The arrival, I think they take over came on after NXT arrival.
1: Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: You're right, you're right. Um, but man, we've had shit, which was the one I did. I mean, TakeOver Respect.
1: No, what, I didn't, I you know what, I didn't hate that show. I had to... That show that show was mostly tag matches. Asuka's debut, I believe. Yeah. And you had, you had the really good Iron Woman match between Bailey and Sasha. It was to me it was a one match show. And it, it, it actually the the show frustrates me more in hindsight because it showed it was never referenced when this happened but but uh, Samoa Joe turning heel happens a little bit after the show. Yeah. It, it, they never trace it back to Finn Balor being a dickhead and and trying and taking the win against uh, Baron Corbin and Rhino in that match, even though he was injured.
2: Man, you're f- completely fucking right. Um, there was also two, actually two takeovers, um, main evented by Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. Um, neither match had the zeal that it had when they both came up to the main roster, or even on the Indies years ago, just because of, I think the first one, um, Sami Zayn was injured. Yeah. Uh, Sami Zayn was injured in a in a in a match with John Cena a couple days before the actual match and it and it just kind of just changed the entire um uh, complexion of the match itself. Um also had Baron Corbin versus Bull Dempsey. Remember the era the Bull <laughs> Dempsey era? Oh
1: Bull. man. Bull What?
2: Bull? The dark ages. the dark ages. Um, featured a match uh Hideo Hideo Tommy versus Tyler Breeze. I'm not sure if this was when Hideo came Back or debuted, but it would get into the sort of series, and then it would follow up on the NXT Takeover Unstoppable. The following one, no,
1: Where, that wasn't when he, that wasn't when he when he debuted. Um,
2: Unstoppable but, was when he got injured.
1: Yeah, Unstoppable was when he got injured. Can we just say that NXT Unstoppable? I think May twentieth, we're almost coming up on on three years of it. May twentieth, two thousand fifteen, is that was the moment I think that changed Hideo Itami's. Uh, his, his trajectory forever. Yeah. I think that that shoulder injury that he, t- that he uh, suffered uh, in the, the weeks before the show actually, actually aired. They did a, they did in a, a video packet or not a video package, but a, but a backstage pre-tape where it shows Kevin Owens appearing when Kevin, when uh, Tommy's injured. And, you know, it, it became this mystery who injured a Tommy, who, who injured a Tommy. And that was never an, answered or, or followed up on it. And doesn't do that often. But right. Tommy, who attacked the Tommy, was never answered. And he lost his, he, like, without that storyline, he lost all of his fucking, you to know, me, what it, he lost all of
2: his heat. You know what I think it was, though? Because he was out for a long time. It was like over a year. And usually with these shoulder injuries, it doesn't last for that long. But I think in terms of the way it was rehabbing, it just wasn't going well. And I think in that time, you saw Kevin Owens. Immediately called up to the main roster, um yep. Finn Balor also called
1: up, were eventually called up. um he was gone for the whole Finn Balor title reign over yeah. two hundred. <laughs> wow, yeah, he, he definitely was, gone was. For the whole thing came back and got injured again, Listen. so Finn had already been called up
2: I, I i posed a question on Twitter last night, and I said, so what's the verdict on Hideo with Tommy because he was featured in the 205 Live main event last, last night. I think it was him and Tozawa um, losing to Lince Dorado and in, in, in Grand Metal League, which is crazy. Um but it's kind of been really the fall. I mean, Hideo Itami was one of those guys who was really heralded. When he came in, when the first sort of wave of the independent guys, he was one of the first big signings. They had Hulk Amen. Hogan Hulk Hogan, go to Japan and sign him. Like Hulk Hogan was yeah. there in the WWE and he went over to Japan. And he was like, listen, Kenta is going to be the next guy. Um, and it just never followed up. It just, it, it just kept being bad luck after bad luck and eventually got called up to 205 Live, which is great. Um, but he, you know, he never really gained the steam there. And I think probably his last breath in NXT was just that, I think he had that match against Bobby Roode, um, before he left, he had a NXT title match. And I think. He after also that, had
1: a, he also had a match, he also had a match against, uh, Aleister Black.
2: He, I think in, I, I think a, a weird statistic that was brought up was, in his entire three years in NXT, he probably had like four or five takeover matches, which is insane. People within, in less time have had more. It's just crazy how long he's been injured. He he got injured um, with his shoulder, and then I think he had another injury with his, like his orbital bone or something along those lines. But it's just crazy the way it sort of worked out for him. Um,
1: yeah. It's was, it was crazy and really sad. Uh, I, I think I, I had a lot of high hopes for him, but then I started seeing the matches, and I was like, Dude, "He's not really like."
2: Does it? What? Where does he go from here? Should he peace out? Like, or are he peacing out now? Like, no,
1: he? I, I, if he goes to Japan, what's he going to be in Japan? He's 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 injured. Uh, he has. A, he'll have to work. will have to work a harder style. He'll have to. De- who definitely won't be at the top? Where like guys like Tanahashi? If the if New Japan takes him, he won't be where like tanahashi and those guys are he will be he will be jobbing to adam
2: page right one of the one of the responses was you know you'd be a tag match guy in japan i like, absolutely agree i agree yeah it, it's kind of crazy man um listen other takeovers notable takeovers i mean we've had some great matches but some of these takeovers have been one match hard. so i don't think everyone needs to the,
1: no but get- i i do want to mention like the i think a lot of people get the the idea that okay we, we always say every takeover is better than the last but i think in hindsight a lot of these shows the, the top of the car was like a log jam for seven right. consecutive shows the ballard joe rude
2: nakamura era
1: <laughs> yes and it was so and it's like we look at the 2015 2016 shit in some 2017 era that was a really weird period because you had Finn Balor, who wasn't always on the TV show, which isn't a bad thing, but he literally almost never defended the title. Nakamura would disappear for weeks on end. Oh, yeah. Uh, Joe was probably really the only consistent guy that was on TV. And then you had Nakamura in the title match three times, one, two, four times in a row in 2016 to 2017 before he actually got called up. And it was like, I, I look back on that era of NXT with, with not even just like, resentment but it was like man like there was they were still figuring it out even though we thought that these these shows were like fucking excellent
2: yeah it's a it's kind of crazy just lack of development on the top of the card because you run through these sort of main events and you can see it on wikipedia you can see it's literally like a baton pass it's like finn Balor, joe Finn finn Balor, finn Balor, joe joe nakamura nakamura rude rude and then it finally sorts of bit to change up from here on out but i hope we continue to get that sort of you know a little bit of the main event and and things becoming a little bit more, you know.
1: I think the core I think the core uh, top of the car roster on NXT is is gonna be excellent. I, I love having Undisputed Era at the top. I think they're they're great where they are. I think Johnny Gargano and Ciampa is great. I think Alistair Black, you give him some new, you know, some new dance partners. You have EC3, you have Ricochet, you have Velveteen. This is gonna be a really great era in NXT where it's like you're not going to have that logjam of of talent that's just basically clogging up the roster. And even though I do think Alistair Black is going to have a very lengthy reign with that title, and I'm thinking like Finn Balor-esque reign, I think he'll have some really great feuds.
2: I agree. I think we've got a lot to look forward to, and hopefully we don't have to do this in three years and uh, run through sort of the same issues that we had before.
1: Absolutely. So uh, thanks to everybody who... Uh, who sent in their their thoughts of their best NXT takeovers and everyone who who sent in their thoughts on where it's Hideo Itami's going? We would really love to hear you guys' feedback. So anytime you listen to one of the episodes, just hit us up on Twitter at OGJohnny5 and at MealsTV. Let us know how you feel about the show, and we'll, we'll read it on we'll read it on air here.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean that is, that's the that's the end of the show, man. That's the week.
1: That's the week, the that, that's that's a, a week a in the A show. That's it's a big A show. Listen continue we, go ahead we have uh, we, we have we have the the roster set we have everything set up we have everything that uh you know, everything's settled with the rosters on Raw and SmackDown and we have NXT going forward and we have the Greatest Royal Rumble and Backlash coming up. Uh, where, what do you see happening? Like, where, where do you see us going into the summertime? Because usually the summertime is a down period in the WWE. But realistically, with these rosters, we shouldn't have one. But do, do you think that no, we're, we're, getting, getting, a we're
2: getting a down period? We're 100 percent getting a down period. Nothing <laughs> happens until the month before SummerSlam. So okay. it's kind of a, I think we'll get a lot of we'll get a lot of squashes. Leading up, I think with a lot of these new people on Raw, they're going to have a lot of. Um, we get these squash matches back. We'll get a lot of essentially everything starting right. over, so it's right. like a slow build to everything. And we may have a few, you know, notable matches and things like that. And you, you know, we get the best of both worlds now. Apparently, with that stupid song they've been promoting all over the damn network <laughs> <laughs> and TV. We get you know Raw and SmackDown on the same you know pay per view. So hopefully that's that that makes things a little bit better. Makes things a little bit more urgent um but yeah i mean i think we'll get a lull until money in the bank and then after money in the bank it'll definitely be a lull until the month before summer slam
1: i will say there, there are a couple guys that I, I would say to look out for um come in the coming weeks on both shows mm-hmm. i'll say watch out for finn Balor. i think the 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 top of the is very set and I, I think it's very clear and he doesn't have to fight for space against uh, Samoa Joe and, and Braun and those people. I think it's very clear that he's going to be slotted in, in that, top of, that top of the card. I'd say on, on, on the SmackDown side, obviously look out for Shinsuke Nakamura. I really think they're going to give him a prolonged and long run with that title if and when he wins it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he'll win it in uh, Saudi Arabia. And I think that on the women's side, I think Ronda Rousey is going to – I think she's really going to step up. I think she's going to be like the top face on, on, that, on that side. But I'd say the way that they're setting up Ember Moon is very promising as well on Raw and on SmackDown. I I think Asuka going to end up really taking over that show as well.
2: I think it's going to be – listen, SmackDown has a stacked roster. Expect a lot of um, four-and-a-half-star matches. That's all i say.
1: I hope so. They, <laughs> they've had, they've had, a really great, they had a really great roster a couple years ago, and it was like – And so the it kind of got stagnant. We started seeing James Ellsworth matches and shit.
2: Listen, uh, Daniel Bryan is back, which is good. It does good because it's someone like, I think really SmackDown, when they had Cena, I thought they benefited a lot. And every time Cena would leave, I thought it was a detriment to the show because I think Cena adds a lot to the show. They essentially have a full-time Cena sort of moving through this entire roster. And that's with Daniel Bryan. So I expect things to happen and people to care, hopefully. <laughs> um, but let's see how things go from there on out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, that is the end of the A Show. Thanks, you guys, for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with more on the latest and greatest and wrestling and pro wrestling and, and literally everything in between. Check us out uh, on RNC Radio Live on Twitter, and we'll have all of the updates on our playlist and stuff like that. We just put out a really dope TRL themed playlist and visual playlist. Mills, you want to talk about that a little bit? Listen, TRL,
2: we did the deluxe version. I did a playlist of a couple of years ago um, with like 30-something songs of just the songs that defined the 1999 through, I guess, 2008 or something, but that type of era. Um, we beefed it up to 100 songs of just nostalgia, just pure nostalgia. Like the things you're ashamed of listening to, like Living La Vida Loca, and <laughs> all the things that you feel hype listening to, like maybe you forgot about Dre or, um, or you know, "Tearing Into My Heart by NSYNC or I Want It That Way. You know, something that like killed you. Um, but we have that playlist. It's amazing. The video playlist, just a trip. Just just plug it into whatever HDMI cord you have And just take a trip Like it's really, really amazing Check out those playlists
1: Yeah, and we also have a new podcast as well We have RSP in the airs every Friday We also have the Perfect Play uh, podcast With uh, my man, uh, Jay Melendez hey, We call him Huey I don't know why he calls himself Huey You can ask him that on Twitter Listen, that's uh, Huey, baby Come
2: on, it's I don't, ask why, <laughs> I don't ask why you call yourself Johnny Five, baby Come on
1: It's a great story I'll, I'll tell it one day all right. But uh, we also have RNC Radio with myself and Josh Pease. We talked about Coachella last week, and we're going to be ringing that up for the second weekend of Coachella. And we also have the Lookout Podcast, which returned for the season finale of, of season one with myself as a guest and Perfect Legend, who is a pro competitive gamer, talking about Dragon Ball Fighters. Mills and Jeff did an excellent job on that, so definitely check that out when you get a chance. It just dropped today. And uh, you can check out everything else. Uh, follow us on on Twitter. Follow us on SoundCloud at RNC Radio Live. You can also subscribe to us, and we have the links on Twitter as well. So un- until next time, we will see you guys next week on the A Show. Peace out. Peace out. Have a Rusev day.